Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Judges 11, 1 through 33. Jephthah, the ninth judge. Now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead was the father of Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. And worthless fellows gathered themselves about Jephthah, and they went out with him. It came about after a while that the sons of Ammon fought against Israel. When the sons of Ammon fought against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob, and they said to Jephthah, Come and be our chief, that we may fight against the sons of Ammon. Then Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and drive me from my father's house? So why have you come to me now when you are in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, For this reason we have now returned to you, that you may go with us and fight with the sons of Ammon and become head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you take me back to fight against the sons of Ammon, and the Lord gives them up to me, will I become your head? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord is witness between us. Surely we will do as you have said. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and chief over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord at Mizpah. Now Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the sons of Ammon, saying, What is between you and me that you have come to me to fight against my land? The king of the sons of Ammon said to the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up from Egypt, 
from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok and the Jordan. Therefore, return them peaceably now. But Jephthah sent messengers again to the king of the sons of Ammon and said to them, Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the sons of Ammon. For when they came up from Egypt, and Israel went through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. And they also sent to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained at Kadesh. Then they went through the wilderness and around the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came to the east side of the land of Moab and they camped beyond the Arnon. But that did not enter the territory of Moab for the Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers to Sion, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said to him, please let us pass through your land to our place. But Sion did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Sion gathered all of his people and camped in Jahaz and fought with Israel. The Lord, the God of Israel, gave Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. So they possessed all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon as far back as the Jabbok and from the wilderness as far as the Jordan. Since now the Lord, the God of Israel, drove out the Amorites from before his people Israel, are you then to possess it? Do you not possess what Chemosh your God gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God has driven out before us, we will possess it. Now are you any better than Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive with Israel, or did he ever fight against them? While Israel lived in Heshbon and its villages, and Aarior and its villages, and all the cities that are on the banks of the Arnon, 300 years, why did it not recover them within that time? I therefore have not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by making war against me. May the Lord, the judge, judge today between the sons of Israel and the sons of Ammon. But the kings of the sons of Ammon disregarded the message which Jephthah sent him. Jephthah's tragic vow. Now the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah that, so that he passed through Gilead and Manasseh. Then he passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead, he went on to the sons of Ammon. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give the sons of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, it shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over to the sons of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. He struck them with a very great slaughter from Aorio to the entrance of Mineth, twenty cities, and as far as Abel Karamim. So the sons of Ammon were subdued before the sons of Israel. John nineteen, thirty-eight through forty-two. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. 
Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. This week's Torah reading is, it's the week of Chukat. Chukat means decree. And you can see here in Judges how um, the, the ninth judge has set a decree. And how he said, okay, this is my declaration that if this will happen, then I will follow suit with my vow. And so with Jephthah saying that, he's, he's making a deal with God. And his decree had to be kept. Uh, the part of the story that we don't read today is that when Jephthah came back, his one and only child, his daughter in her youth, comes out to greet him singing and happy and joyful. And he tears his clothes and is mourning and said um, he was very saddened that she's the one who came out of the house. And she said, if you made a decree with God, you must keep it. And so he did. Well, then when you look at John 19, you can see that they're, they're taking care of Jesus. But the whole point in, in preparing the body as the tradition has is that it's not just complete at the cross. There's the day of preparation, preparing the sacrifice, preparing that Passover lamb for the next day. And this was the day of preparation and getting ready for the Passover meal, which is when the Passover lamb is to be offered up and the blood on the door and the, all of those things in the tradition. And that's exactly who Jesus is. He is our Passover lamb. So on the cross, his final words of it is finished is really the beginning of that process. Because there was a process where his blood had to be put on the altar. And it says that he goes to the heavenlies, goes into the throne room and puts his blood on the altar. In the throne room in heaven. That is a decree. And Jesus was keeping that decree. The point was in that, that if he were sacrificed, we would be saved. Well, Father, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you give in your only son being offered up for our salvation. I pray that people could just come to know how amazing that gift truly is and that they would just believe and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word, and uh, of course, that is great. I love that, and I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website 
at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless. Thank you.